We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brass Dadamis, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. Hey guys, it's me. I'm back at you tonight with another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. You know me, D. Mendy. Uh, I'm by myself. Uh, everybody in the Triple Play crew could not make it tonight. Not even the emergency fill-in, Kevin Coleman. He could not come and be here, here to, tonight. So uh, I picked up off the street a bunch of big-name guys that decided they uh, they had the time to be able to join me tonight. Very grateful for them. So without further ado, let me introduce my first guest. Our first guest, we welcome in a man that I will never fade and is considered the chalk in any good fantasy football podcast. A senior fantasy analyst at the FTN Network and host of Fade the Chalk, this FSWA member is a co-author of the best-selling fantasy black book, and this guy hangs around with all the blue check marks in the industry. Just like his Twitter handle, he is a bro. The man that squeals at controversy, and I love every second of it, we welcome in Derek Brown. What's going on, my friend? <laughs> that was a fantastic intro. I loved every second of that. Far too kind, but that was awesome. Love the buildup. I mean, David, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be on the show. This is going to be lit, man. I mean, look, I... I Twitter has me all super 17 different types of salty right now. So I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to unleash the beast tonight. See, Derek, I knew you would bring the energy, and I've just been so pumped to have you back. And I couldn't think of a better way to lead it off than with you. But luckily, we got two other guys that are here with us tonight. Our next guest is a man that seems to level up every time I talk to him. A fantasy analyst for New Life Fantasy, a contributor to Fantasy Pros, and now Rotowire. This FSWA member was a top five QB accuracy ranker for Fantasy Pros in 2020. And in case you didn't know, you better put some respect on his name. A member of the University of Colorado Buffalo's Hall of Fame, or at least he should be. We welcome in Jacob. Duh, 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 done. How's it going, my friend? Let's go, D-Mendy. Dude, every time I come on, you seem to one up your intro on man I, I love it man honestly man it's always a pleasure joining the show i think it's been like what three four five times I, i've been on the show and man you guys have been abs- absolutely rocking it as of late and i'm thrilled to just join in your string of shows so thanks thank you so much for having me on man hey it's always a pleasure again i, I feel like i gotta send you some swag or something because uh i've been it. on so many shows but, but uh, weren't you on the 
show last time I was here? Yeah, I was. I'm getting man. this like weird deja vu right now. Like I'm like I'm, I feel like I've done this we're, before. We're the perfect team, Derek. I'm saying <laughs> you guys are you like the, you guys are the peanut butter and the jelly. So I got to bring Ooh. in the bread, and Ooh. so the bread is our last guest. We welcome in a man with the photoshopping skills of a god, a writer for Gridiron Rating, DFS analyst for Rum Boys. Uh, DFS chalk blocked mathematician, mathematician can't even say it. An ROI that will make you shit your pants. The man that likes seeing a lot of green in his DK piggy bank. We welcome in Jordan Vanek. How is it going, buddy? It's going good, man. I am more than impressed with your intro. I need to take notes for any time that I host a show because <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm I'm more hyped off the intro than I've ever been. I'll be honest. <laughs> hey man, again, we had we had uh, Jacob, we had Derek last time. Both of them fed off each other really well. I was like, Jordan's just gonna slide right in. I know that you're good at that. You can slide right in and then fit in well with this cast of characters here. And you guys are all really, really smart football analysts, which is why I was like, I can't imagine a group better to help talk about the draft because we haven't heard anything about the draft. No one's talked about it so far. So <laughs> crickets, I've never absolute heard crickets. <laughs> so. We are pumped. We have a great show planned with these guys tonight. We are going to be talking, speaking about draft stuff, we're going to be talking about 2021 NFL draft Twitter debates. And since the Super Bowl's ended, we've seen countless number of people all over become all of a sudden draft experts, stating their analysis of NFL draft prospects like they've been studying them for years. I trust these guys to help steer you in the right direction because they know what they're talking about. And in two days, we can finally see this come to an end. So, We've got a fun stuff planned with that. We've also got, of course, our question of the week. Who has the best or your favorite draft day outfit of all time? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So fair warning to you guys. I did not do this last time you guys were on. It's now my thing. If you're ready to get another episode started, then, man, we are here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! We took all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will i become senwa saga hellblade 2 play it now with game pass are right, you guys woken up yet yeah. That was nice. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Love it. That's the vocals out. Good All right. Pitch. So good delivery. I like it. <laughs> Stuck the landing. Nice. <laughs> Certainly. You can hire me at your kids' birthday parties. I'm I'm a really good uh I, I do good at stuff stuff. So <laughs> I'll text you next week about that. All right. So let's start off with the first bit of news here. The Chiefs traded for offensive tackle Orlando Brown from the Ravens. Big move for the Chiefs as they continue to try to upgrade that offensive line. The Ravens are going to get the Chiefs' 31st overall pick. They're also going to get their third overall pick, their fourth overall pick, and a, oh, I'm sorry, their third round pick, fourth round pick, and then a fifth round pick in 2022. The Chiefs are getting Orlando Brown, the Ravens' second round pick this year, and their sixth round pick next year. So, Derek, I'm going to go to you first. Big move again for the Chiefs. Uh, they're stacking that offensive line. I love to see it as a Chiefs fan. What do you think of the move for both sides? Was it pretty fair to you? I think it was fair. I mean, obviously, it feels like there's more risk on the Kansas City side um, with the pick. Um, 
I want to say Orlando Brown has got, I mean, he's got a contract coming up pretty soon. So is Casey going to pay him? They're not going to pay him. Um, I, I mean, the move makes sense on both sides. I, I think that, and, and I don't want to tease my, my bold prediction for later, but really interesting what Baltimore is going to do with these two uh, late round firsts now. But um, I like the move overall for both teams. Jacob, this is your rival team. You're a diehard Broncos fan. Did this pain <laughs> you to see the Chiefs upgrade with the one thing they needed? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Like in the Super Bowl, we saw that Patrick Mahomes can be beat if their line is banged up. And now they, now the rich get richer. So yes, it was like a, of course, Patrick Mahomes gets one of the best left tackles in the game. Of course. It's just a never ending, just roller coaster of misery for us Bronco fans and even Raider fans and Charger fans. I mean, like the Chiefs just, yeah, they, obviously they bulked up. They didn't really need that 32nd pick or that 31st pick. So, I mean, it's like, why not just get one of the best left tackles in the game and just leave everyone in their dust? So it's a great move by the Chiefs. And it could be for the Ravens if they hit on that pick for sure. But right now the Chiefs looks look like the clear-cut winner of that trade. So I think we're beating a dead horse. Chiefs will look great. I, I would love to <laughs> have him keep complimenting them. But, Jordan, I want you to lead off. Another team in the AFC West here. I saw this rumor floating around. It's kind of gone dead over the last couple of days, but the Raiders have done extensive work on the top quarterbacks in this year's draft. According to Ian Rappaport, he notes that this has been on par for the course of the Raiders of recent years. However, the Raiders, I mean, they have a high enough pick. They might be able to get one of these guys in the draft. I'm curious, do you think they go and try to get a quarterback? I mean, with how far they would have to trade up, to be honest with, the way quarterbacks are going to fly off the board, I don't see it. And also, if you're if you're drafting a quarterback into that Raider situation, you just dismantled that offensive line. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to give up more capital than you already have. Um, Gruden and my, Mike Mayock seem to be the guys that want to know everything about everybody. So I wouldn't. I'm not surprised that they did extensive research, but I can't see them taking a quarterback early at that pick. And if they, I think they're going to be competing with New England and the football team to trade up. And I don't think they're able to give up as many assets as they are. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think obviously you know how much Gruden loves quarterbacks. Did a QB thing for ESPN. I think that's always that intriguing factor. Like, hey, if he doesn't <laughs> think Derek Carr's the guy, is he going to make a jump to get his guy? But I do think you're right. This might not be the year that that happens. I do want to stay with quarterbacks, and I want to go back to you, Derek. New Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni said that he will not automatically appoint Jalen Hurts the team's starting quarterback, (laughs) which is (laughs) instead, as James Palmer of NFL Network tweeted out, Sirianni plans to hold an open competition for the starting job. What do you make of this crazy silliness right now? Jalen Hurts better be really damn good at rock, paper, scissors. That's all I got to say. He loses that. He's screwed. It's Joe Flacco's team. They signed Joe Flacco to an extension. This is the kind of shit that Philly fans need to expect. No, I'm just kidding. Like, look, this is all just like conjecture. This is just filling the airwaves. It's like, hey, we haven't heard about the Eagles in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, head coach is going to come out. And then like we hear a statement come out. It was maybe a few 30 minutes later, an hour later, two hours later. And then Sirianni's like, well, technically, there's an open competition for every position. And it's like, wow, we really need the NFL draft to get here. We need some things (laughs) and stuff to talk about because when we're left our own devices and we're going to sit here and, like, 
basically just spin our wheels about whatever, and there's a realistic chance that Joe Flacco can start an NFL game this year outside of the fact that, like, Jalen Hurts just loses both knees. No, that ain't it, baby. So, no, Jalen Hurts <laughs> is going to be given a real shot to start this year. Mm-hmm. They invested a second-round pick, and I understand the head coach is gone, still at the front office, the owner is still there. So, they're going to see what they have in this quarterback, and, you know, after this year, I mean... Go with who you want, you know. But I think Jalen Hurts has given a real shot on this Philly team to cement himself as least as being the short-term guy, if not maybe the long-term guy. And just like in the comments, like, yeah, you do this maybe with other positions, but you need to have confidence in your quarterback, right? Like that's – saying this is not, hey, you already benched him at the end of last year. For whatever reason, we talk about tanking, but then they trade out of the pick. And then you're not already saying – This is stupid coach speak. It's like we're going to say this stuff in the media to motivate you. It's like – no, that's this is his, his job. Like you know, <laughs> this is what it's gonna be. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> get out of here. God, I, Derek, I missed you, man. I missed you. It's been far too long. <laughs> so this whole next part of this segment, the last part of the news and notes, is all 49ers. So there's a lot to break down with 49ers news. We have the Wayne Gallman signing and his impact potentially with Raheem Moser and Jeff Wilson. There, you have. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to even be on the roster? Because right now, uh, he couldn't guarantee Kyle Shannon couldn't guarantee the fate of humanity. So, who's to know if he's going to be his starting quarterback? You also he have news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you also have the 49ers coming out today. It's between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, and apparently Mac Jones is Kyle Shanahan's guy, and everybody else in the organization wants Trey Lance. But then you have I see that uh, I see someone putting out that the odds for Justin Fields went down or went up today that it went from plus a thousand to plus 500. And so it's like, there's so much going on. Like, what are we doing with all this 49er stuff? Jacob, can you break down uh, the running back stuff is important right now. Can you just break down this quarterback situation for them? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely head scratching why they would trade up from 12 to three just to take Mac Jones. Uh, it, it does not make sense that they would move mountains just to go that high and just trade away all their draft capital just to get a guy in Mac Jones who could have probably fell to them at 12, to be honest. Um, so I really think that they're going for a high upside guy right now. I think they are going for either a Fields or a Lance Trey. And uh, I'm going with Lance Trey. I think they go with the upside guy with the high ceiling. And I think they keep Jimmy G for that, you know, just let Lance get his feet wet and let Jimmy G steer this offense. And then when, you know, like the Niners are struggling or when Jimmy G is struggling, then they put Lance in and just let him sink or swim. But in reality, whoever's in behind center, Kyle Shanahan's going to protect that quarterback is going to design perfect plays for him. Cause I have the utmost respect for Kyle Shanahan and his play calling and his uh, you know, just, he is a genius offensively. Uh, you know, I, I say that as a Broncos fan who wishes that they hired him at first instead of Vance Joseph at the time, which was a ridiculous hire. Um, but saying saying all that, I do think that it's either that Jimmy G either starts out the season in San Fran or they trade him to New England and then they let the rookie just sink or swim. So you're all in on the Trey Lance train for San Francisco, you think? I mean, it's definitely between those three guys and the 49ers have done a great job at keeping us guessing. And it's just been an annoying 
carousel of who's going to be drafted. And there's so much debate. There's so much, there's so much, everyone is an analyst, like you said, Mendy, but I mm-hmm. am on the Lance train. I think they go for that high upside guy. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much Shanahan and Lynch is probably job security. So they got to get it right. Jordan, right. who are they picking? What's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo? Where, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I usually trust Vegas and I've just seen so much of Mac Jones just being the lock at three. And I always picture like, okay, like I know on a film perspective, I believe fields and Lance possess a lot more tools and a lot better talent. But if you're thinking about Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch in a zoom meeting, just like this, and you have, you know, Justin Fields or you have Trey Lance or Mac Jones, who are they going to mesh with? Well, and from everything I've heard about Kyle Shanahan being a complete nerd, from George Kittle and just like different guys speaking on it. I, I think it's going to be Mac Jones because I think one, Kyle Shannon doesn't care what Twitter thinks. And mm-hmm. two, I, I feel like they just mesh better. I, I don't know what it is or what I'm seeing, but it's there's a tweet about some agents talking about they either see Trey or Mac Jones going third overall or being a second round pick. Wow. <laughs> and it's like stuff like that. I'm like, this is crazy. I think for some reason, Shanahan, it's almost like when Dave Gettleman just saw Daniel Jones and was like, hard eyes, we're here. This is what we're doing. And Mac Jones, for whatever reason, has just had his hard eyes. And that's why, you know, the meme, because you, you call me the meme creator. This is pretty yeah. much what I see. This is, <laughs> you know, Kyle Shanahan being the one who's like, nope, this is my guy. This is who I'm picking. And that's that. So you're on the Mac Jones, right? It is interesting. He does run a West Coast offense, and Mac Jones seems like he would fit very well. He doesn't need to be super mobile. He can take a five-step drop back, and he can get the ball yeah. out of his hands quick. Seems like it would be good for his system. Mm-hmm. Derek, my man, what's happening with these 49ers? QBs? What's <laughs> going What's going to happen on Thursday? I don't have sources. I'm not an NFL scout. I'm not employed by the NFL, but dear God in heaven, I this feels like the biggest damn smoke show Ever. I mean, Jordan's talking about odds and stuff like that. There was a few days ago when, when Justin Fields was the favorite. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, all we're doing is reacting. Vegas is reacting right. to all the news. Mm-hmm. And basically, San Francisco has done exactly what they wanted to do. And they are the spectacle of the NFL draft. Everybody's talking about them. It's in everybody's mouth on a daily basis. And they're under the microscope. And... The other thing we need to go back to here is that this trade was made before any of these damn pro days, them going to pro days, not going to pro days. So all of this stuff coming out and them saying, okay, we really don't know who we're going to pick. You don't trade the damn farm to move up and you have no idea. Like, well, it's one between the one of three guys. We just didn't know we'd like them all. And we're going to end it for Zoom. We're going to talk about their, you know, we're going to talk to their neighbors, their coaches. At that point, you make that move to get get up to that point from 12 to 3 because you know who the hell you want. And that's conviction. That's a team being aggressive and saying, this is our guy. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff about, well, it's now down to 2 because it wasn't down to 2 before. I, look, I'm sorry. I'm calling bullshit. I'm calling absolute bullshit on all of it because it just, you look at the tea leaves of all these moves and the aggression to get up to that point. They knew who the hell they want. My question is, is that there's a lot of stuff that we're not hearing all, through all the smoke 
If there's mm-hmm. a team, like if the Jets are willing to move back, like we all assume, we all reading like all these reports about Zach Wilson is the favorite. Like just the slam the table, set it, forget it. It's Zach Wilson, baby, let's go. And I just, the other side of this is, what if it's not? What if like it is Justin Fields? It's another quarterback. And like everybody in that damn organization is like, Fup! we're not talking about nothing. Nothing to nobody about anything. Nothing. And my whole thing about it is, what if a team like the Jets say, okay, we can move back with the Falcons. We can move back. Another team could trade up, take another quarterback. Zach Wilson's not their guy. And the 49ers are posturing about 17 different directions saying, well, we like this guy. Now it's down to two, but we like this guy. Now here's the betting favorite, but this guy was the betting favorite three days ago. But now here, look at these odds. We don't have a clue. I personally, I am going to believe it's not Justin Fields when I hear Roger Goodell waltz his ass to the podium and say, with a third overall pick for the San Francisco 49ers in the 2021 NFL Draft, it is blah, 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 and that his name is not Justin Fields. So I don't have sources. I'm just a guy with some takes, and I believe it's Justin Fields, and I believe all the rest of this is a ton of bullshit, and we've all bought into it. And Vegas is following it. We're all following news lines and all these reports. Everybody that wants to quote Schefter talking about, oh, well, it's Mac Jones. It's going to be Mac Jones. There were other people talking about it could be Trey Lance now. Which one of you sitting here putting your money behind? And which one are you believing? Because three weeks ago, it was another guy. You know, my whole thing about it is, and I believe the conviction that San Francisco moved up with this pick. Who is the guy that they had the longest history with? All the way back to college. They've gotten the most in-depth look at, on a personal perspective, watching, teaching, knowing the ins and outs of this player, willing to spend a top three pick. Not top 15, not top 20, not top 10. Top three pick. That's Justin Fields. That entire family tree. Shanahan, his daddy, all these other former NFL quarterbacks were at this freaking quarterback camp watching Justin Fields tell me and and I know that's been brought up tell me that doesn't factor into San Francisco and with the aggression to move up and bet the farm on a quarterback you're waiting until a pro day to know how you feel about a guy versus a guy (laughs) you have literally watched toss a football since way before he was ever draft eligible but yes let's believe it's all Mac Jones so I'm sorry, I'm calling bullshit. I could be totally wrong. And if that's the case, I will own it. I will take that L. But right now, as a guy that has no freaking sources and you set me up here for a 10-minute rant, (laughs) I'm going with Justin Fields. Excuse me as I go and make my bets for Justin Fields. (laughs) (laughs) No, Everything you said, in in a lot better way than I could have said it, I completely agree with you. And I think you look at it this way, right? At the end of the day... If Mac Jones, if they take Mac Jones and he flames out, everybody's gonna be like, uh, "Well, no duh." But if you take Justin Fields, it's like you've been studying tape, like you were saying, on this guy for a long time. He was considered, I think, by some pros or some prospect evaluators, even better than Trevor Lawrence when they were both yeah. coming out of high school. So it seems like the upside is a lot bigger with him. And with the swing that San Francisco is taking with this type mm-hmm. of pick, this is the tenure-defining type of pick. Like, if the quarterback they select here flames out, plays terribly, <laughs> as great as, as, as Kyle Shanahan is, 
can we go back to like before they made the Super Bowl and stuff? There were rumors about like, well, look at the record. Look at what they're doing. These th- th- these teams have not performed really well. There were small rumblings about him quietly being on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. If this quarterback doesn't pan out and he busts, this is the type of pick and the type of move as a franchise that gets you fired eventually if it doesn't pan out. This is the type of move that gets you talked about in the same breath as Nagy and Pace in two years mm-hmm. if his quarterback face plants. And as crazy as it is to say that about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and for a front office and a duo that is sharp and has been in the Super Bowl very recently, that's what this type of pick is. You mm-hmm. are literally making your bed in your career and your longevity in San Francisco with this pick. So I have a really hard time just looking at all of this stuff out in the media and being like, okay, mm-hmm, yeah, it's Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I think I was... <laughs> no, go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> I was going to say, there's two things that you said that I really like. One, if people think these pro days actually matter as heavy as they are, they're ridiculous. It's about your college <laughs> tape. It's, it's, it's a straight up, like, come on. And Ballard said it uh, weeks ago about, like, why oh, the Colts haven't taken a quarterback since luck is because he's like, well, if I miss, I'm fired. <laughs> like He's like, you don't put a guy like that. He's like, if I don't see you as 100%, no doubt you're not going to miss, I'm not trading my future for you. And I do agree to that point that I, I would be taking fields in that standpoint. I just see for whatever reason, Mac Jones, Shanahan being like, I'm going to take this guy and go to a Super Bowl because screw Twitter. I think if they take Mac Jones, Twitter collectively will do this. <laughs> <laughs> so... That being said, if you enjoy Derek's rants, which I can't get enough of them, make sure you click the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to hear more Triple Play, great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about lighting up that app with a five-star rating and review to support the show? Check us out on Twitter at social, or check us out on Twitter at Triple Play Fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, tweets that get no likes, and of course, our weekly episode drops. Want to keep the fun going? Check out the website, tripleplayfantasy.com, where we got all the best articles, videos, podcasts, and more all in one place the mecca that is Triple Play Fantasy. Now, remember, just like Dad always said, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. You teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. So, you teach a person to podcast, you'll win some of the time. You teach a person to triple play, but you win all the time. I think that that can go hand in hand. I think I, I stretched it just enough. <laughs> Thank you to everybody out there that supports us by listening, watching, interacting every single week. We got to pay the bills. So if you're watching on the live version, we're not going anywhere. If you're on the podcast version, we'll jump into the 2021 NFL Draft Twitter debates right after this quick break. 2021 NFL Draft debates. Again, we've talked about how the fantasy landscape's been just been going crazy over these last few weeks as draft day is finally almost here. So let's talk about some of these debates that I just see everywhere. And let's start out with the receivers at the top. We've got Jamar Chase versus Devonta Smith. You know Jamar Chase has got that speed. The ability to separate really stands out. On top of his game-breaking speed, he's a quality route runner, can break sudden in and out of breaks. Uh, he's just a dangerous, dangerous uh, after-the-catch type of weapon. You have Devonta Smith, who uh, seems like his weight is talked about more than his production right now. So it seems like it's trending all over Twitter. Uh, but, I mean, his, his stats don't lie. He's got excellent speed. The ability, the suddenness and ability he has to out of his breaks, create separation. He's got incredible route running, which is going to do wonders for his quarterback. So, Jake, I'm going to start with you. Which is your wide receiver one, regardless of destination? 
My wide receiver one is Chase. Um, and that is not a knock on Smith. They're both really close for me as the one A and the one B. Uh, you know, Chase and Smith are both six foot nothing. So it's not like there is a height advantage there. Um, I like what Chase did with Joe Burrow back in 2019 when he recorded over 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. Smith has been no slouch either, though. You know, he has been definitely getting the job done with multiple quarterbacks like Tua and Mac Jones. But if I'm the Dolphins at six or a wide receiver needy team, I'm grabbing Chase over Smith for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, first, Chase ran a 4.3940 versus Devonta Smith's 4.4940. But not only was he fast, not only was Chase faster than Smith, but Chase is doing it 40 pounds heavier than Smith, which is what you want. You want that size. And I know that Twitter and all of us have been talking about Devonta Smith's weight. And if you can play, you can play. That is not a knock on Smith. I just want to take the faster guy who weighs more. So I'll take Chase here over Smith. We got one in the Jamar Chase department. Jordan, are you in on Team Chase or are you in on Team Smith? It sounds like I'm talking like about a bachelor. I don't <laughs> as, know. A, as an Alabama fan, I, I'm I'm Team Chase too. I, I oh. love Devontae Smith. I think he's phenomenal route runner who's going to be able to stay a long time in the NFL just based off of that. The weight is the biggest concern for me, and just Jamar Chase, that one year was absolutely electric. Like, it's been a long time, so people kind of like, what have you done for me lately is what's more important. But if you just even Google, like, a highlight tape of Jamar Chase, it's just, it's disgusting. The one thing that bothers me from Chase, if we're knocking anything, is how much he fights with corners. He mm -hmm. doesn't appear open. He just obviously breaks away, and it's unbelievable. But he, I feel like he picks the fight. It's like, it just goes at corners, and he's like, all right. I'm going to work you for a little bit and then I'm going to separate and you're not going to be able to keep up with me. You saw that national championship game against AJ Terrell. Um, Devontae Smith, if if he was just 10 pounds heavier, I, I would be team Devontae Smith. But with the low weight, like it, it is a concern. And Chase, there's just really not that concern. <laughs> I will say this about Devontae Smith. Uh, that I heard Todd McShay talk about that he's one of the most fascinating guys that he's been around because he said he would sit on the sidelines at games and he said that he would come back and sit on the bench and diagnose coverages like he was a quarterback. He would talk about what mm -hmm. coverages the teams were playing and ways that they could take advantage of to expose those coverages. So it seems like he's a really smart guy. And then there's obviously the people that Devonta Smith kept saying he's going to be in an NFL weight room, right? If Kevin Durant can gain weight in basketball. Why can't Devonta Smith do it in, in football? Again, that's some of the Devonta Smith side. Derek's yeah. looking like I have two heads, so I'll let him jump in here. Oh, Well, before I make my pick here, I want to throw it out here. Both of these guys are legit ballers. I have zero <laughs> concerns about either one of them. Um, I don't care about Devonta Smith's weight. Don't give two shits about it at all. At all, at all, at all. I don't care about the fact that he's 166 pounds. If you look at when he entered Alabama, he was much, much lighter off the top of my head. I mean, I think he's gained like 10 or 12 pounds since uh, arriving in Alabama. So he's probably close to maxed out about with his frame. And considering what the guy's done in 166 pounds, why do we want him to put on any weight? I don't want him to be the next freaking uh, David Boston out there. Like, I don't want oh. you bulking up. Then he loses the fluidity in his routes. He loses the quickness with his footwork. I don't want that. Let him play at 166 and freaking just bully dudes. That's fine with me. And the thing that I, I have no concerns about Devonta Smith is 
regardless of whatever metric you want to pull up a Devonta Smith, you want to pull up yards per route run. He was fantastic over the last yeah. two years. You want to look at the competition that he played like on his own team. And he led Alabama in receiving yards and touchdowns in 2019 with all those dudes still in the locker room. Devonta Smith, and this last year, and people want to talk about, well, if Jerilyn Waddle was there, would Devonta Smith have put up these video game numbers? Probably not. The flip side of that coin is everybody knew Devonta Smith was coming at you on a weekly basis, and nobody could stop him at all, at all, at all, at all. Like, a national championship game. No answer for him. Dude's just going out there like he's like a cheat code in Madden, and nobody could freaking stop him. So... This is all to say that I love Devonta Smith, but Chase is still my pick here. I'm going chalk. I love Chase. Love, love, love Chase. If you look at 2019, yards per route run, Devonta Smith and Chase were actually tied crazy enough in this metric. But you look at Chase and his ability to separate both in the intermediate and as a deep weapon, and people talk about his ability to separate, the dude's a freaking bully. Like, he's strong at the catch point. 50-50 balls are not 50-50 balls with him. It's 65-35. And you get him to go to a team that's also going to push him into the slot. You go back to 2019 when he was used in the slot. Yards per route run, he was tied with freaking C.D. Lamb when he was in the slot in this metric. So I think that he's a guy that, yes, we saw him like predominantly near 90% on the outside at LSU. You get him to a team that's going to sit here and use him like a Devontae Adams, which that's my ceiling comp for him. I think that he could be an elite alpha wide receiver in the NFL, take over games, be one of the top five best to play the position in the NFL. That's his ceiling. And if you look at, if he goes to an NFL team that's going to move him around the formation, he gets 30 to 40% slot time. You put Jamar Chase against a freaking slot corner. (laughs) Good luck. Good night. It's over. Ball game. So Jamar Chase is that guy. I'm going to pick him. Before we close out the receiver discussion here, does any one of you have Jalen Waddle over either of them? No. I have Jalen Waddle over Smith. You do? Okay. I had seen it's, that in a couple mocks across the internet, so I was curious. Same same tier. There are people who want to have Smith over Waddle. That's fine. I think Waddle has the higher ceiling based off of just where the NFL is heading. It's going to be very – it sucks because Waddle is going to be a guy that he needs that OC. He needs a good OC that's going to utilize him the right way. He's not going to just go into a scheme and dominate. Smith is kind of easy in every – like good in every single scheme. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see where they – I'm sure, again, we'll look where they land and we're going to be able to kind of dissect – what we expect from them as far as fantasy production next year. Let's talk about running backs. And that's my personal favorite position to look at. I love analyzing running backs. I love looking at them. I know uh, Derek is as much team Devante Williams as me. That's my guy. I love him. Uh, That's my RB one. Obviously there's, I've seen a bunch of different names floated out. Most popular, obviously is Najee Harris. Jordan, I want to go to you to start this one. Who is your RB one in this class? Mine is Najee Harris. It's it's very chalky, but it's what I've been watching at Alabama since he's been a freshman. He's a guy. It's it's different difficult because it's like for dynasty purposes, I see him in the three year window because of his age. He's not the guy long term I want in that regard. But for year one, just NFL readiness and just being able to just come in and be a good running back. I see all the traits you need. This class is underwhelming when it comes to the running back position. I don't see a guy that's like Cal or Dalvin Cook caliber or anything we saw from last year's draft class of talent wise. 
but it's it's good. It's kind of like it reminds me of that Josh Jacobs class where Jacobs, Sanders, and Dave Montgomery. Obviously, none of them ended up in great landings or great situations as the years have gone on. But similar to that, Najee, I love that he can catch the ball. I think he's one of the most underrated pass catchers in this draft. When he got the ball thrown to him at Bama, he usually came down with it and also would hurdle someone on the way to the end zone. So that's just my pick. So, Derek, I want to set up because you're going to be talking sweet music. So go ahead and, and, and please, please tell us why Javante Williams is the number one running back in this class. So smooth. Oh, gosh. I, I don't want to hurt you, David. Um, Najee's actually my RB1 here. Did you switch it um, on me? No, no, it's, it's been that way. I mean, they're okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me give us some context here. Okay. I was like, oh, oh, he set me up. And I, <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm man, his, I'm hard to hurt his right feelings. Now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took it back. I took it back. All right. I'm going to give us the context here. I look at my rankings more in tiers because I think it's more useful for people than to look at it in, in terms of numbers. Najee and Javante are the tier one guys to me. I could have either one of them as RB1. And I'm not just saying this to to, to help your feels out here. But to be honest, I love Javante. I, I've, I've been out in the, in the social media streets. I've talked about it. He's my Cam Akers this year. If anybody that has followed me and listened to all the shit that I talk about Cam Akers, you know what that means. So I love Javante Williams. Absolutely love him. I think he's even undersold in some aspects. The guy is a plus pass protector. He is a three-down workhorse. Um even if you look at him in the passing game, he is still sneaky good. Like, he was top 20, top 22 in yards per route run uh, against all running backs this last season. And he stole the pass protection role away from Michael Carter. So that needs to be also given some context about his skills here. But the reason I give a slight edge, and they are in the same tier. They are the only two running backs in this draft class that I feel are not landing spot specific. They can go anywhere. I don't care. Doesn't matter. It's not going to move the needle a ton for me because I believe in the talent. I believe the draft capital is going to be there. And I believe their skills translate better than all these other people. And I know that I'm, I'm sideways throwing shade at Travis CTN, and that's fine. I don't care. But <laughs> Najee Harris, I think that I, I give the slight edge to him because I think that, one, his draft capital is going to be, lock, said, forget, it's going to be very, very solid. Like, I think that if we're going to pigeonhole one guy to possibly go in the first round, it's probably Najee for me. I think that he's also a guy that's also a little bit more than Javante scheme agnostic. You look at Alabama the last year, ran a fair, ran a fair amount of zone versus gap. I think he can operate well in both systems. People don't want to say, like, he's too slow to run a zone scheme. Um, go back and watch him. The guy has got feet of a guy that is 20 pounds lighter. His abilities in the passing game. You're talking about a guy that, that people knock about the fact that he doesn't have home run ability. I don't care. How many, how many home runs do you see hit by NFL running backs on a yearly basis? We're talking about wide receivers. Fine. We can talk about that second gear. We can talk about their ability to break away. We can talk about their ability to take one 60 yards to the house all freaking day. That's fine. Running backs. You could chew up 20-yard gains. You could chew up 30-yard gains. You get on a team that has a top-five offensive line, you could probably break off a 50- or 60-yard run if you're Najee Harris. Hell, we've seen Kareem Hunt do that, Mm -hmm. and he ain't a freaking burner. So I think Najee Harris, the reason that I give him the the slight lean here is I love his skill set overall. It's just a tad bit more than Javante Williams. And I think that all of his skills translate to the NFL seamlessly. 
like his footwork in traffic, his abilities in the passing game, and we haven't even talked about it. He's uh, this is a guy that he we talk everybody talks about the tackle breaking ability of Javante Williams, and that's real. The guy that was second on missed tackles forced was Najee Harris last year. The guy that led the nation in missed tackles forced on receptions again, Najee Harris. So. People talk about him in some breaths, like he's a little bit of a slug, and I adamantly disagree with that. Jacob, what are your thoughts on this class and who's the number one? Man, I'm going to echo all of my boys here, except for you, Mendy. I apologize. <laughs> um, I'm going with Najee Harris as the RB1 of this class, just like you guys. Um, you know, he stands at six foot one, 232 pounds. He didn't run an official 40, uh, but according to Touchdown Alabama magazine, I don't know if that's a credible source, Jordan, since you are down there. Uh, but <laughs> according to that magazine from Alabama, who seems very plugged in, Najee clocked a 40-yard dash at 4.45 in the past, so in his early days of Alabama. Uh, so we've all heard the player comp to Derrick Henry, uh, which is fair given his size and that's his That's a bad power. comp. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push against yeah. you. That's a horrible comp. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I see Matt Forte and his game. You didn't Matt, let me yeah. finish, Derrick. I'm just he, saying he, I'm – I'm He's doubling just... down with you. I know oh, you're going right, there. Right. I'm doubling down yet. with you. He ain't you. done yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I ain't done yet. Thank you, Mandy. Okay, okay. So, you know, it's it's fair to compare him to Derek Harris just because he's big, or to Derek Henry because he's big. You know, he has a powerful stiff arm. He has a power running style, uh, and he has a phenomenal stiff arm. Uh, but I think Najee isn't quite on his level. I think he's more towards another Alabama product, Mark Ingram. I think he's somewhere in the middle of uh, Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram. I think he's better than Mark Ingram, but he's not on Derrick Henry's level. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I think that Najee Harris uh, is the safest running back in this draft. And I think you just cannot miss with him. And if he, if he goes in the later rounds, let's say to the Steelers or let's say to the Bills, to a team that can use him and that needs his running style and that can just get that chunk yardage you know I saw I saw a stat saying that he's never had a run that went past 30 yards or something like that well it doesn't matter because if he's getting four to five yards every single play he's going to keep moving the chains for you and he's going to be brilliant in in a pass first offense because you know here comes Najee he's going to move he's going to move the He's going to move the ball five yards and then three yards and then an easy first down. He's going to move the ball four yards and then and then they're going to throw it. Like it's going like he 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 to me is a slam dunk prospect who just needs to go to a great team. So let me ask you guys this and then we'll move to the next topic here. Najee Harris, like it was reported today the Steelers are looking at him at 24. Let's say Javante Williams goes to Atlanta. Who has the better fantasy season next year between the two? I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off. I'll say Najee Harris, and I'll say for this reason specifically, we all know that the Steelers' offensive line is total doo-doo butter. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, I get that. <laughs> and that's what everybody's going to sit here and talk about, like to push back against Najee. The other thing that we know about Pittsburgh, they want one running back. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tomlin wants one primary runner. We've seen mm-hmm. it enough times. It doesn't matter if it's Le'Veon. It doesn't matter if it's D'Angelo Williams. It doesn't matter who the hell it is. They want a primary running back. And for that reason, um, and it, if if Atlanta were to get goofy and sit here and say, okay, we're going to split and 
we we run Javante on early downs, or we run Mike Davis, who's there, who I think is just a filler and a depth chart guy. Mm-hmm. I still would feel much more confident about Najee's ability to just absolutely gobble up all all of the rushing volume there in Pittsburgh. Jordan, you same as Derek. Uh yeah, I I am, and like I know you two are very high on Javante Williams. I have him. Um, apparently, I'm on my I'm by myself on that one. Hey, yeah, hey, no, he said one. He said one. I'm giving him one. Thank you. The one thing with Javante Williams that does like concern me is the running, like stop or not the running. The broken tackles metric is awesome. He broke a lot of tackles, but they were in three games. If you look at the games against Notre Dame, Boston College, and I believe I forgot the third one, he broke three tackles. It's like the the Miami game, he broke 17. The FSU game, he broke like 12 or some ridiculous number. And then the three games against the elite run defenses, he wasn't breaking those tackles. And with Mike Davis, Mike Davis was awesome for the Panthers last year. As a Panthers fan, I love when Mike Davis was on the field. He ran hard and broke tackles off corners like nobody's business. And I could see them being in a split if Javante Williams goes there with like the Michael Carter split almost. He's not going to get as many touches taken away. And like Derek said, you watch the Le'Veon Bell of the world. Not, or Mike Tomlin doesn't have that on his roster. He hasn't used one like that. He tried with James Conner. Didn't work, but Najee gives him that. And also, the Steelers are probably going to look to try to keep Ben under the pass limit. Like They watched his arm fall worse and worse as the year went on. They're going to work Najee Harris if they get him. All right, fair enough. We got to move on. Uh, we got a couple more topics I want to get to here. Next one, favorite quarterback outside Trevor Lawrence. So if, if you're a uh, Zach Wilson guy, maybe go to your next guy. But if you have somebody else you think is better at two, then feel free and hop in with it. <laughs> Derek, why don't you lead it off? I'm going to start implementing. I have a, uh, I have a, a, a little button that if you start talking, and I, I will cut it off to move to the next guy. So <laughs> that's basically the, that's the shut up Derek stop talking button um it, 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 come on man you set me up here it's Justin Fields I mm-hmm. mean he's my guy his uh, electricity both with his arm and his legs his precision passing is absolutely fantastic and you want to dig deeper into the numbers and one of the reasons though I love him so much and I think that he is a fantastic fit for the 49ers is if you, you you put Mac Jones, you put Trey Lance and Justin Fields all next to each other, and you look at what they did last season, or in Trey Lance's case, 2019, in play action, Mac Jones and Justin Fields were fantastic on play action. So I think that Justin Fields is going to offer whatever team gets him the most scheme versatility, because I still think that some people really, really underrate him as a passer. Jacob, who's your guy? Who are you riding with this draft? Yeah, so even though I have Trey Lance going to the 49ers, I agree with Derek. I think that Justin Fields is the next best quarterback. He showed his entire skill set in the Sugar Bowl when he defeated the Trevor Lawrence and uh, the Trevor Lawrence led Crimson uh, Crimson Tide. Um, you know, he threw almost 400 yards and six tutties. Uh, you know, he didn't he didn't fare well against the Alabama. Uh, against the Alabama Crimson Tide, but I don't think anyone was going to stop that 12-0 train. (laughs) Uh, So Fields is smart, and he goes through his progressions fully, probably better than any other college football quarterback. Uh, 
So I just I think he is a true dual threat quarterback. He's very smart. Uh, he reminds me a lot of a lot of Dak Prescott coming out of Mississippi State in, in 2016. So I have high hopes for him and I really hope somehow he falls to the Broncos at nine or if he slips even to five that the Broncos trade up because I want fields on my team oh man throwing some uh some heat out there the Broncos trade up that would be I would uh, hate that I'm speaking into existence please Jordan <laughs> please what do you think <laughs> I, I do believe Fields is the second most talented quarterback the team I actually want him to go to is Queen Carolina Sweet. Even though I know yeah, we just traded you're a Carolina for Sam. fan, but the thing is, <laughs> hold on. So and you're with is, the Darnold trade. No, I know we have the Darnold trade. We haven't picked up his fifth year option. We haven't done any nonsense in that regard. And I think it was an insurance policy because Atlanta holds the key to our heart, and they're not giving it up. <laughs> they're not giving us Fields. And if he gets to us, I think it's a no brainer as a Panthers fan, unless we get a huge draft haul from like New England. The big thing with Justin Fields that I love for us is reading his the route combinations. Joe Brady would make a field day with that, and DJ Moore would be a top 10 wide receiver. <laughs> Just from that, that intermediate oh, route, yeah, he would be excited. using the Jamar Chase role. That's what he would be for <laughs> from the LSU year. <laughs> I, 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 I need to go change my pants or something. This is, this, is, this is too enticing. This is fantastic. I love all this kind. Con- we could just stay right here for the rest of the podcast. I love all this conversation. Justin Fields and DJ Moore. Jesus, Jordan. I mean, come on. Let's That's, just. Let, I, I mean, mean, we could stay right here. My Jamar <laughs> Chase comp was DJ Moore. Like for me personally, just off of nice. pure athleticism, he showed it more because he had a more accurate quarterback in college. But like that—that's what I see. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, would be amazing. I wanted that from the get-go, and then when the Darnold trade happened, I was sad until I figured out we didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." I'm with you. It could still happen to Carolina, though. I mean, they consider him fork over next year's capital and stuff like that. If Fields falls it's, into their laps, they'll yeah. say, "All right, we love you, Darnold. You were good for social for a few weeks." But bye-bye. Like, love you, Darnold. Yeah. God. I, I'm going to stay off Twitter if Carolina gets him, just because I feel like it's going to it's going to be nuts. <laughs> it would be bad. I mean, I usually don't rate DJ Moore that high, just because of I know the situation, and I feel like people mm. have been putting DJ Moore so much higher than he's ever been, and now it's going to be okay. Now, now I gotta I gotta go with everybody. <laughs> uh. Well. I'll I'll love to see how that plays out. Let's talk about we'll stay with wide receivers and running backs. Uh well actually we were talking about quarterbacks. Let's we'll go to a different topic. <laughs> wide receivers and running backs. I'm curious if there's one for each of you guys that you could pick that's like under the radar right now. Somebody who you feel like is not getting talked about enough that come some point during the fantasy season next year, you'd be like, Wow, like he really slipped and like look what they're doing. And I the guys I put on my list, Kenneth Gainwell, Terrence Marshall. I think both those guys, I think, are going to be really valuable this year, and they're not getting talked about enough with the big dogs. So those are kind of the ones I'll throw out there to start. Uh, let's start with Jordan this time. Jordan, who is the two guys, one at each of the skill positions for you? So for me, I went a little bit deeper than, okay. than Terrence Marshall and uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Um, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan is one of my guys. Uh, I played college football DFS, and I learned a lot about him. Fun fact, he played corner in 2019 or 2020. They actually, he led the team in receiving, and they're like, hey, go play corner for us. Started like 12 games, then came back and led them in receiving. And then for like a running back, I actually really love Khalil Herbert. I played Pop Warner football with him. (laughs) Creek Eagles, I knew him from a very long time. 
Um, I, I see him as a guy that's very in a good rotational type of role. I'm kind of mad that Wayne Gallman ended up going to San Fran because I felt like he could have been a guy that just gets drafted in like the fifth and Shanahan makes look better than what he necessarily is. I would love him to go to a team like New York Jets if they miss out on running back in the first three rounds just to possibly get the touches. Those are the two guys that I feel like are under the radar. Derek, ball's in your court now. Who are your guys? Uh, I've been talking about it on social media. I'm kind of getting into the deeper, deeper recess of this class, so I'm I'm, I'm going to go deeper. Um, two guys that, that popped as far as hitting the, the measurables – and really just jumped off film. Um, not all the analytics line up, but I, I, I like Jared Dokes a good bit. Um, he has the prerequisite size, burst. I feel like he didn't get a lot of targets at Cincinnati, but the guy showed he could definitely catch the ball. Soft hands, he's elusive, elusive in space, and he, he checks a lot of the boxes, like 87th percentile burst score. Um, I will be very, very interested in deep, well, in any dynasty league, I'll be picking him up and hoping that he goes to a really good spot where maybe there's injuries and he gets a chance to play because he's a guy I definitely want a lot of exposure to. The other guy I want to bring up here real quick is uh, Semi Fioco. I love that dude out of Stanford. Um, if you're looking at a lot of the, the other analytics, um, he went on a two-year LDS mission to South Korea and so if you're looking at like, okay, well, the guy's freaking 23 years old. Well, let me get some context here. He balled out at Stanford and his size speed specimen. The guy is a freak. Like he's six foot four, runs a sub four, 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 40. He's got size. He jumps off the tape. He can make contested catches. He's very, very physical. And I think that he's just now scratching the surface. So he goes round four in the NFL draft. Sign me up, man. Like I want him to go to some nasty place where he can get targets and cement himself. Like, Give me Fajoko in the Texans, the Lions. They're the nastiest teams that nobody wants anything to do with, but they are the easiest spots for no target competition. If you go in there, you ball out in training camp preseason, he could easily walk into a situation where he gets 100 targets. And if that's the case, whew, I love him, love him. I didn't realize I was dipping my toes in the water. You guys are swimming in 12 feet over there. You guys are going <laughs> a lot deeper than I was going. Jacob, where are you going? Man, I was just going to say, I did not go as deep as you guys, but I respect it, and I love this talk right now. So thank you so much for educating me on those guys. Uh, you know, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, so for wide out, I really like Elijah Moore. You know, that's not as deep as you guys. Um, but as my running back, I want to give love to Chuba Hubbard. Um, he's been talked about a little bit. Go. He hasn't been talked about as much as, like, the top five running backs uh, but I, I don't think he's getting a ton of love just based on his 2020 performance. And that's fair because, uh, you know, he was dealing with a nagging ankle injury all year this year, and he pretty much just hung up his cleats and he was like, I'm going to take the rest, the rest of the season off the last four games because I just can't get over this ankle injury and I'm just ruining my draft stock because in his 2019 year, he led the country with 2,094 Rushing yards, he had 161 yards per game. He rushed for 21 touchdowns and had more, more games with three touchdowns than with none. So he had three three touchdown games and two games with no touchdowns. Uh, so, I mean, he just had an unreal 2019 year. He should have came out, to be honest, that year. I mean, his stock was as high as ever. So he really damaged his stock by staying one more year and playing through that nagging injury 
But, you know, I think that his height, he's six foot, he's 209 pounds. He ran a, a four, five, six, 40 time, which is decent ranks inside the top 30 in agility score. And just looking at his tape, his athleticism stands out. You know, I think Hubbard is going to be a steal if he gets drafted in the third round or later. Yeah. I mean, you saw what he could do in college. He looks like he's going to be one of those guys that fits in, in those mid round ranges, uh, unless the team really try believes in him and overdrafts him. So I like that call right. again. I, Learning learning about deeper guys is what we're doing here for the ones especially that have just been focusing on the the names and going in round one, potentially round two. So uh, good names thrown out there by the crew here tonight. Last three I want to get through. We're going to do it rapid fire style. And if you start talking too long, I have my button on standby here. Uh, <laughs> so the first one, three, four, five, your prediction. I know teams could trade your prediction, three, four, five, the players that go tomorrow start with Derek. I'm going to go chalk. I will maybe not chalk. Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, and Panay Sewell. Jacob. So I got Trey Lance going to the Niners. I got Kyle Pitts as well going to the Falcons. And I got Panay Sewell because it would just be irresponsible for them not to take him. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I will feel for Joe Burrow if they take protect your franchise quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, protect Joe Burrow at all cost. Jordan, I've got Mac Jones, Kyle Pitts, and I actually think since he's going to do the the other route, Jamar Chase, I, I think they're just going to say screw it, and I think they're going to fire oh, Zach Taylor and hire Joe Brady as the head coach next year. Reunite them. Oh man, <laughs> you're, you're throwing in a lot of like fire stuff tonight. Like I'll be I'll be interested if any of this stuff plays out, but it, I like it. Uh, next one, bold prediction of the first round i have new england trading up to get justin fields mm-hmm. let's go to you jacob what's your bold prediction i got the broncos trading up with the falcons today to take justin fields so <laughs> another justin Hard. fields yeah justin fields mania right now jordan so i actually decided to go the denver route and i think denver is going to stay at their pick and be boring and pick micah parsons I love that pick. I'd love that. No, too. he's a great pick. It just would for the fan base would be like, why aren't we getting a quarterback? Right. Another year, Drew Locke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Derek, what's yours? Uh, I want to watch all of social media burn. I want the Baltimore Ravens to take an offensive lineman and an edge with their, their late first round picks. <laughs> Instead of a oh. whiteout. I gotcha. And no whiteouts. Gotcha. No, no whiteouts. No, never, Not, never. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Everybody's yeah. going to be just calling for yep. the job. And I think it's real. I think that actually could happen. So maybe it's not bold enough, but I think it really could happen. Oh, it totally could. Does anybody think they package both picks to go up to get a big name receiver? No, I could definitely see that. I can't see it with their GM. He usually no. doesn't do those types of moves, unless no, like Devontae Smith falls really far. Right. right. They have a really good front office. Nah, I don't yeah. see this. Like that's something that, like maybe the Broncos would do. <laughs> But um, I can't see the Ravens doing it. Totally fair. I love it. All right, last one, because we talked the topic of slipping. Who you think slips on draft night? There's always that guy. Uh, C.D. Lamb was it last year going to the Cowboys. I think everybody didn't think he was going that far. Who's the player that slips to where we all were like mind blown? Let's go with Jordan first. 
this isn't a guy that's getting mocked necessarily high, but I did see him a lot in the first round. Uh, Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. I don't know if you guys saw that guy's weight from his like next day, I guess, at the combine way, and he weighed in like 266 or 276. <laughs> Dude's playing middle linebacker at 276. There's no shot. So yeah, you think, think he, he slips, a lot of slips far? Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he slips pretty far. I mean, everybody's getting advertised with Chipotle now. I see Chipotle tweets and them holding burritos everywhere. So, oh that man with Justin Fields getting in on. I'll it. take a sponsorship. I'll take yeah. <laughs> there, Kua, who slips on draft night? I think really the San Francisco thing. Um, really, if Mac Jones does not go to the 49ers, I think we could see him slip. Um, I, I will not be shocked with that. Um, just looking at teams that they're willing to trade up, are they comfortable? What are their thoughts about Mac Jones? If San Fran doesn't take him with three, I really think we could see him slip pretty far in the draft. So Carolina does not scoop him up. It's possible, but I mean, the thing about it is, is what, <laughs> how, how is he that much better than Darnold if, if you're the Carolina Panthers? Could they take him? And if they take him, then they're doing it for the rookie contract, not so much the big change. <laughs> I, I knew you had the meme ready. I was Jordan coming That's out. Perfect. Yep. Oh yeah. If you're if you're not watching and you're listening to the podcast, you missed out on some great humor right there. I don't know what to say for you. Uh, that was fantastic. Go ahead, Jacob. Who's your guy? That so slips. Derek, I agree with you again, but I will say the same name but different. <laughs> McCorkle Jones, because apparently that's his name. Damn it! McCorkle I missed Jones. the McCorkle. I should have used it. McCorkle ah, Jones. Good pull. Yeah. <laughs> same but different. You know. Much has been made about the Niners taking him. I just don't see it. So I think that once the Niners do pass up on him, the only way he gets drafted is to the Patriots if they want to take him at 15. Uh, but I don't even see the Patriots drafting him. But I can see him slipping to 24 to the Steelers. I can just see him coming in behind Big Ben if he slips that far and being the heir apparent to him. So yeah, that's Very another cool. pretty bold prediction if Mac Jones makes it past the Niners, which he will for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver jumped on Mac Jones for uh, that. Just like mm. I know it's a, it's a it's an annoying pick, but it would be the first time they picked a quarterback who's just accurate and not this six foot seven goofball that throws at seventy yards. And for yeah, Jerry and Colin Sutton, he loves his nice. quarterbacks. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He does. Well. Great analysis. I expected no less from this star-studded cast. But let's get into a couple of fun parts of the show, and we're going to start that off with the question of the week. Question of the week. Got to give our sponsors some love. Monkey Knife Fight Triple Play Fantasy is now an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest-growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code TRIPLEPLAY and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and use that code. If you're looking to win some cash, make sure you start following the Triple Play Monkey Night Fight shows coming this Sunday. It'll be the first episode of that. 10 to 15 minutes to help you win big. They give you their locks of the week. Should be a fun time. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Question of the week we have is, with the draft theme obviously, who is your favorite draft day attire of all time? Your favorite draft day outfit? What sticks out to you? Derek, I'm going to you first. I know Jordan's got one queued up, ready to go, but I got to save that for last. So oh, go he's got mine. Yes. <laughs> we are together. Absolutely. Oh, I was in between two, but you got to go the crop top, man. It's got to be Zeke, man. Just puffing it out there. Love it. That was the first one. I actually had to Google some things. So I was like, I need to actually kind of look at some crazy stuff, man, because there's been things out there. 
And Zeke takes the cake, man, because not only did he have the crop top, but he looks like he probably had a, had a few slices of cake before he put that on. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Jordan, what, yeah, you hop in. You, uh, yeah. you had that ready to go. Dude, I the Zeke outfit that year was hilarious. And then also, I mean, he got drafted in the top five, which was just fun. <laughs> like running back getting drafted in the top five while wearing that. And being, you know, the belly, oh, it was, <laughs> it was just perfect watching him. Did he Ohio have like State. some loafers on too? Like no yeah. socks? Like I dude think was so, really yeah. in yeah. out. Yeah, he was hilarious. <laughs> I, that wasn't the first one that came to my mind, but now I'm mad that I that didn't think of that one. Jacob, who's yours? So I didn't go the funny route. I kind of went the cute route uh, with you. Needs love too. I like it with Garrett Bowles. Uh, Broncos <laughs> left Who tackle. Who drafted him? Tackle. Who drafted him, sir? Uh, this team right here. So oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I forgot. Sorry. Sorry. Reached, reached for this left tackle in one of the most poorest tackle recruiting classes ever. Uh, but, but he got drafted. He went up on stage. He brought his newborn baby, who was wearing the same matching gray suit as him. So it was extremely adorable. Uh, he kind of, you know, I didn't like the pick at all, but I thought. Wow, he really wanted to leave his imprint on Denver being being like, look, you know, like I am I am here. I want to match with my little newborn son. They were both looking good. So I mean that that is hands down my favorite. You know when you Google NFL draft day attire, half the pictures are Ezekiel Elliott. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, I I do like the ones. I don't know if it's more NBA, but don't I think some NFL guys have too, where they open their jacket and they have like their college number and colors inside their jacket. Is that is that an NFL thing too? Is, is that Joey Bosa did that once? He had like yeah. yeah. Did you State see uh, Thomas Davis's the retirement jacket when he went to the Panthers Hall of Fame? He had no, he legit had his football uniform as the jacket. Mm-hmm. It That's looked crazy. literally like he was in shoulder pads. <laughs> it's so oh, wow. sick. That's cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that. Uh, all right. Well, those were some great answers. Then let's go to our last thing of the night, and that's our game of the week. Oh, yeah. I hope you guys all know where that's from. Oh, my goodness. It's so romantic. <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's just nostalgia sets in. I love the NBA on NBC Music. Mm-hmm. So setting the tone for our game of the week, I'm bringing back a classic. It is. I don't remember if we played this when Derek, when you and Jacob were in. It's the Twitter follower game. So how this game works is I'm going to read you a name, and of course they're all going to be incoming NBA or NFL prospects, mm. and you're going to guess their Twitter following. Whoever gets the closest out of you guys gets the point. I've got seven guys on the list, so whoever has the most after seven points win, or seven guys win. Easy enough. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right, so uh, math was my worst subject in school. So you guys just keep keep your numbers in your head, and then if I need help figuring out which one's the closest, be on call, ready to go. Real. <laughs> All right. So first guy, Najee Harris. How many Twitter followers? We'll start with a different person every time. So Derek, you can lead off this one. Uh, 12K. Jacob. Uh, I'm going to go with 84K. Jordan. Dude, I'm going to go with 55K. Jordan is the closest 64 and a half K. Oh, 
for Najee Harris. Apparently, I don't give Najee. I give him enough love in the prospect stream, but not enough in the Twitter game. Man. When you go to Bama, it just changes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so our next guy on here, Rondell Moore. How many Twitter followers does he have, Jacob? Uh, I'll go 15, Tay. 15, Jordan? I'm going to go 23. 23? Hmm. Derek? I'm the difference. Uh, I'm going to shoot the under. I'm, I'm going to go 13. Should have went in the middle. 19.7. Mm. So you said 15. Jacob, you said 23. I said, yeah. I said 23. You said 15. 15. You said yes. 19. Yeah. 19 yeah. in the middle. Yeah, so you guys oh, both get... 19. Yeah, it's the middle. Never mind. Well, technically it's 19.7. Oh. So the 20... Oh, the 23. So the 23 <laughs> is going to get that one. Go for it, Jordan. Man, All right. All right. Next guy. Know. Trevor Lawrence, starting with Jordan. I think he's probably up there. Um, I'm going to say like 350K. 350, Derek. 2.5 million. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll go a little bit higher. I'll, mm, 450. 450. Jacob. I'll, I'll go. I'll take the over 500K. The answer is 185K. Wow. Dang. Wow. Not enough followers. Wow. wow. That's He's got to get drafted speed. first, huh? Oh, I'm sure once he gets drafted, it'll go up. I forgot who had the under on that or who had the lowest Maybe. one. I think he, I did. he doesn't have it's because he doesn't have a big enough chip on his shoulder. That's why. Yeah, yeah. gotta be competitive to give over five hundred. Let's let's this next guy here. Obviously, to your guys' thoughts on Kenneth Gainwell. How many followers does Kenneth Gainwell have, Derek? I feel like it's a trick question. I'm going to say eight K. Eight K, Jacob. That was exactly my answer. So I will go eight point five K. All right, Jordan. I got I got twelve. That was the first answer I thought of. Twelve K. Well, the answer is 4,383. All right, Derek gets it. Derek. I finally, I win one. <laughs> My man, Derek's got more followers more than, me, than him. There we go. It's crazy. If I just had that side-to-side agility. Oh, <laughs> man. Last three guys. Next guy is another Alabama guy. We got Mac Jones or uh, was it McCorkle Jones? McCorkle. Yeah, I got to give him the right name here. Yeah. Jacob, how many has he got? McCorkle's got 27,000 followers. Huh. Jordan? Shorten the Alabama play. I'm going to go oh, with higher. Right. I'm going to go 67. 67? You're right, Alabama. It's like a weird. Derek, who you got? What do you got? Uh, well, are we going Mac or are we going in his burner account, McCorkle? <laughs> I just to make sure for, 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 add them together. Accuracy's sake here. Um, I'll, I'll shoot a little bit higher, 82. The answer is... 56.8, which I thought was kind of low for him. I think Jordan was the closest to that one. 60, I guess 64. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't Last... know why I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah, you found your, your secret one. talents here. Goodness gracious. Next one. I'll be interested Once here we get off one. air, he's going to say that he's been stalking them all on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the second I'm not better last... at all. <laughs> the second to last guy, Kyle Pitts. I think Jordan, you're leading this one off. I'll, I'll lead it. Um, I think he's going to be underfollowed. I'm going to go with like 52k. 52, Derek. 75. Jacob. Yeah, he's got enough hype. You know, I'm going to go with 100k. 
Jordan, man, it's something in those Wheaties Damn, you had Jordan. this morning. 33.5K. Damn, man. Checking these dudes out on Twitter. <laughs> See, the thing Seriously. is, like, if Trevor Lawrence barely has a hundred, I was like, "There's no way he's got close to that." Like, I love Kyle Pitts, but I don't know. <laughs> I guess not till the NFL hits when they, all these right. followers flood in. Yeah. Uh, last one we have on the list: Travis Etienne. Derek, what do you think? Forty-two. Jacob. Thirty-four. And Jordan. Be- 37 was my guess. That was the first thing. Are you staying with 37? Yeah, 37 is fine. 36.4K. Telling you! No way. Telling you! I'm telling you! You can check. I don't follow Travis Etienne. I don't follow any of Jordan, have you you looked into this talent? Have you tried (laughs) to see if you can make money off this? This is good. Seriously. You're on Jeopardy or do some man. That was the first thought that came into my head, man. I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, he sees the numbers in his head. Yeah. Impressive. Okay. I'm pretty good with numbers. I mean, when I was in college, I got up to Calc 3. So I got, whoa, whoa. I got a little up, uh, big. How are you there. applying that to guessing Twitter followers? That's all I'm going to ask. Like, I mean, see, Trevor Lawrence, 100K. That's analytical. What was Najee Harris? Forgot what was this? Did you called? did you put something in your uh? Just in your, guess like, again. You'll get it yeah. right. It's fine. <laughs> know, right? It's fine. <laughs> oh man! Well, by a landslide, yeah. Jordan is our winner. The crowd approves. Much deserved round of applause for you. What did he get? Six? I mean, like I got one. Did he? Did he get all the rest? I think he That's swept fun. the other six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, we could have just stopped at four. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was well letting done. you flex the muscle a little bit longer. Oh, oh man! Oh man! Well, Jesus, fellas, this was an absolute blast to have all three of you on tonight. Can't thank you guys enough for hanging with me tonight. Let's start up top with Derek. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Anything fun you're working on, or anything they should know about you that they don't know? Um, I play guitar. Hi, it's. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna mess this up. It's there. There. <laughs> Um, no, God, you got me off the rails here, David. All right, anyway, um, yeah, no, find all my work over at FTM Fantasy, FTM Bets, FTM Daily.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB. Myself and Adam Pfeiffer, uh, do the Fade the Chalk podcast four to five times a week. Uh, we have the FTN draft stream coming up this week. Um, it's gonna be interesting, interesting one because my insanity is going to be there. Um, number two, uh, we are going the entire draft f- Thursday and Friday, so four hours maybe plus of me sitting here talking all things football. It's going to get a little bit hairy when I got to try to pee. I don't know if I'm going to have to like <laughs> get, put a bucket next to here, oh, dehydrate no. myself. W- one of those things is going to happen because I can't get up. <laughs> um, but tune into the, the FTN draft stream. It's going to be fantastic. Absolutely awesome. I'm tuning in just for Derek. I'm going to be honest. I can't wait to check that out. Jacob, what about you, man? Where they can where can they find you and any stuff you're working on? You can find me on Twitter at ain't done yet, and done is spelled D-U-N-N-E. I mean, I've just been grinding every night in fantasy basketball for RotoWire right now, and I am chomping at the bit to update my 2021 draft ranking shortly after the draft which i will be tweeting shortly after the the nfl draft concludes next week so you can find that on my twitter account um i'll be posting that on new life fantasy um uh, other than that 
I'm just chilling. I'm just waiting for the NFL draft, just like you guys. I'm chomping at the bit, and I can't wait. Other but, than that, man, you're having me on. You do a lot, man. I, 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 your grind is very respectable. I don't know. Don't, don't downplay yourself. And that's, I, I love all the stuff you're doing. Appreciate uh, that, brother. Jordan. What about you, my friend? Tell everybody where they can find you. All the great stuff you're doing. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Gridiron ratings is where my writing, and I'm actually working on a projection model for DFS next year with them. I am a DFS analyst with Nimble Numbers, a chalk block show. So we got Scott and Bo. And then a DFS analyst as well with the Rum Boys Network. You'll be seeing a lot of DFS work for me. You guys will take on the redraft and the uh, the dynasty rankings. I'm more so DFS. So if anybody got DFS questions, just let me know. It doesn't really matter to sport. I not. I know how to give advice on it. And if you ever want to get your feet wet, just shoot me a DM. I can vouch. Talk with him with some baseball DFS. It- does great stuff great spreadsheets all the stuff that he does it's, it's great work make sure you're following him as well everybody else that was listening and watching or whatever you were doing to entertain and, and, and be with us we appreciate you next week we'll be back with graham barfield author of yards created so make sure you don't miss that episode until then everyone be well and we're gonna make like bread truck and haul buns catch you guys later <laughs>